Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Sadly, this is what home sounds like for many of America's heroes. During this crisis, many veterans are living on the street, sleeping on nothing more than cardboard. You can help. Donate at cardboardtoheadboard.org. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined today by founder and CEO of HoodFit and my good friend, Erica Hood. Erica talks about the meaning behind HoodFit's Rep Your Womanhood, building a sweat sisterhood, and the importance of investing in yourself as you continue to learn. She also talks about being able to pivot in business while sharing an obstacle that was difficult at the time, but ultimately became a major positive. Erica has an incredible energy and is honest about COVID anxiety and how she works through it. You guys are going to love this episode, so let's get to it. Erica, I'm so excited you are here today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Guys, you have no way of knowing this, so I'm going to tell you. Uh, Erica and I have trained together over the years so many times. She's my favorite. Uh, We have the most fun dancing, and we're going to talk about HoodFit and and what she's been doing, and I can just say that I am a big fan. I am a subscriber. Actually, just the other day, I did a 30-minute express dance cardio and then a 10-minute abs and butt workout and they were so hard and I just I just love everything you're doing so I'm excited for you to talk about it and share with us and all the things so let's jump on in um let's start with you taking us through your professional journey up into this point and how you got here so I am originally from Texas I moved out to California to pursue school and I ended up going to Cal State Long Beach where I double majored in dance and business marketing I did the business marketing because my mom was like, dance isn't a real degree. And yet here I am still using that degree. So, (laughs) But mom was right when it came down to the business side of it because I'm running my own business now. Mm -hmm. Um, After graduating college, I was really focused on, you know, I pursued professional dance. Um, I did the audition thing, lived in LA for a long time. And... um, I I danced in the music videos. I was performing in shows. And while that made me happy, I was still not feeling fulfilled. So I was teaching, you know, fitness at the time was like my side hustle and my, my job and my income. And I had always loved teaching. And the more that I was in that, I was falling even more in love with helping people. And I found such satisfaction in helping other people achieve their goals. And so, you know, I worked at some of the top studios in Los Angeles and it finally just came to a point where like, I kind of reached that pinnacle and like the top of it to where I was like, okay, like this is, this is as far as I can go with these companies. I think it's time to branch out and do it on my own. And hence HoodFit was born. Woohoo! Um, so tell everybody, for those of us who don't, or for, for those of our listeners who don't know, what exactly HoodFit is and the meaning behind it and and all of that and the goals, all the things. 
So luckily I married into a very awesome last name. My husband's name is Jordan Hood. <laughs> and when we were coming up with ideas, you know, because I, I definitely wanted this to have such meaning behind it. And, and the beautiful thing is, is that it all really came together so nicely. Um, I at first was kind of like, do I want to include my name in the business? You know, it's always kind of one of those things when you start to think about building your business. Um, and I was like, I don't want people to always just think about my name. I want this to be about a bigger thing. Well, when I came up with HoodFit, I was like, let's talk about what that really means. And, you know, when I started talking about community and like empowering women, we were able to come up with our sweat sisterhood, which is our community. Um, so that sweat sisterhood ties into HoodFit. And the main thing that really for us was the empowering women thing, because you know, fitness is so much more than just the workout itself. It's so mental. And what I was finding when I was, you know, building my client base and really starting to make a difference in people's lives, it was really giving women the confidence to own like their own selves, to love themselves, to have confidence, to move forward in what it was that they wanted to achieve in their lives. And so we came up with Rep Your Womanhood. And that means just owning, embodying your truth and repping that confidently out in the world. So like taking care of yourself in the health and fitness sector so that you can go out and rep your womanhood. Fantastic. So you bring up something interesting about, you know, building a brand mm -hmm. and all the iterations and, and how it started. And I think that's a really important thing, no matter what is going on when you're starting your own business. Can you talk a little bit about that? Was it something that kind of just came to you? The marketing degree, did that help? And and I understand like how it evolved, but it just, I think it's important for people to understand that building a brand is not an easy thing to do. And it, it takes a lot of time. It's, you're so right. It's, you have to really, really go into a deep dive. Like I'm a creative person. I come from the dance world, um, literally dancing since I was three years old, like that creativity side of it. And then I do think, thanks mom, along with making me get my marketing degree. It, it, it gave me a different way of looking and thinking of things when it came time to run my own business. Um, you know, having the, the, the building out and creative part was pretty fun. I got to really get like my husband and my family and my friends involved in the process too, because they know who I am and what I stand for. And so it was, it was really cool to actually kind of bounce ideas off of them when it came to logo design and like, you know, the community name and like our slogan title to be able to to run that amongst the people that are nearest and dearest to myself. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, it really, for me, felt like a fun process and like in piecing that all together as how I was going to present this thing to the world. Because again, it, you know, there are so many fitness companies out there and there's, mm -hmm. there's a way to just be like, okay, we're just going to make you lose weight. And like, that's it. Like that. It, I'm like, no, there's, there's something so much bigger than that for me. And I want to be able to have that messaging be clear. So it, it, it was a, I thought a fun process on the creative side on being able to really like take a deep dive into how we can get that messaging across clearly um, on top of it being a great workout and fitness thing in itself. Cause I already knew I had that piece. That was like something like programming as a trainer, like that, 
like that's what I know how to do. And it was like, okay, how can we get and deliver this messaging so that people understand what we're really about, like morals and values? I like that. I like that a lot. Can you talk a little bit about your programming? Because maybe not everybody knows what a hood fit work it lo- workout looks like. Absolutely. So, you know, again, with me being a dancer, everything that I do as far as our group fitness classes go and our on-demand, our digital studio and our app, you're going to find that everything is rhythm-based. So I guess you could think of like a Zumba thing, you know, that kind of dancing and follow along stuff. It's going to be like that, but throughout the entire like workout. So say if I'm doing a dance and tone class, you're going to get some cardio with the dancing. I'll do some breakdown movements. So you're learning the choreography as we go. It's easy enough to follow along for people to mirror at home. And then through the toning work that we do, which is a lot of like based Pilates based, you know, movements. Um, and things that we do on the mat with like light resistance weights, um, that's going to be to the music too. Um, for hood fit, I also have a section for semi-privates and private training, and that can vary. It's not necessarily always done to the rhythm and to the music. Um, in my group classes, I love to bring that together because I think there's something so beautiful and powerful about people moving in sync to the same beat. It's, it's kind of like this thing. It's, it's something that I loved about, you know, being on a dance team and in a studio for so long for dance. Uh, you get a connection with people when you're, when you're, you're moving and sync together. And I think what's beautiful is that a lot of people who may not see themselves as dancers or have never danced before is to see that connection when they're with a group of people, whether it be now on Zoom or when it's in the studio, you feel this sense of it, it. It's true connectedness. You're like, this person is moving in sync with me and we're all moving together from all over the world. Like that's the beauty of like what Zoom has brought is that we're able to actually see each other in these little bitty boxes moving at the same time. And it's, mm-hmm. it's something that like, you know, as divided as the world can be and as we have seen it be, especially this past year, there's so much beauty and just seeing people like moving together without any inhibition, without any judgment and just moving together to the music. That's awesome. And it's so true because I, I've said, people have said to me before, I don't want to do dance. I'm embarrassed. And the thing that's so funny is you realize you've done, you're no, you're not looking at anybody else. Like everyone, exactly. Like everyone's, but you're doing it at the same time. And it is really cool. Like if I take a moment to look at the zoom or like look around the room, it's amazing, but you're, everyone's just doing their own thing. And there is something very cool about that. Yeah. Um, So I love that. When you started your business, what is something that surprised you the most that you really didn't plan for? I think honestly, I I knew starting my business that it was going to be a challenging thing. And and if I'm being quite frank, I knew how much work was going to go into it. And I did like the ease of for so long, for so many years, I mean, literally a decade, just like showing up at a, a studio space, teaching my class, leaving and kind of being done, you know, like not having to think about work. So I knew what I was like getting into in that aspect that like the workload was really going to be full on. I think I was most surprised about people's opinions that just come out of nowhere. Like that thing, that kind of just cracked me up because I was already in my head logistically thinking like, okay, like workload wise, what I was going to be taking on and how that was going to change my lifestyle um, and things that I had to do. But honestly, I think it was just people's opinions out of nowhere. You don't even act like 
you don't even ask their opinion, but yet people want to give their opinion. Always. And when you put yourself out there, any of us starting a business on social media, people do just give their opinions. How do you deal with that on social media or someone sends you a random email and tells you you suck, whatever it is they do, because people seem to feel comfortable doing that. How do you deal with that? It's funny that people, I feel like, you know, behind screens and stuff, especially in this day and age, um, people feel so comfortable to just put comments up without any disregard to how that might actually make someone feel. And most of the times I feel like the things that are said, you're like, you would probably never say this to my face, (laughs) you know? So for me, I always take everything with a grain of salt. You number one, I, I kind of look at it like I have no idea what this person's going through, what kind of day they're having, what they've been dealing with in their own life. Because I always feel like anytime there's a projection or an opinion coming out from someone, it's it's something that that they're having to deal with in their own life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I I truly take it with a grain of salt, knowing that. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of times, sometimes I'll mull things over and like kind of keep that thought in the back of my head of like maybe what they said and maybe it might not make sense to me right then but maybe it will help me somewhere down the line so I'm, I'm open to listening and always very kind in in my response to it like never gonna take a negative response to engage in any kind of conversation to go back and forth to stir the pot but always grain of salt always grain of salt and Oftentimes people, that's exactly what they're looking for. They may not even know what they say. All they want is to get a conversation going back and forth. I find that a lot on Mm -hmm. Twitter and I'll start to respond and I'm like, you know what? I'm not even doing this because it's it's not even worth your time. It's not. And they're just looking to get in a fight and I don't need to get in a fight with anyone on Twitter that I've never met. Exactly. Over who's going to be the quarterback of the 49ers. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't need to do that. So no. I, it's just, but it is interesting. But you're right. People say things. It's, it's, I'm glad you brought that up, that it's a projection of themselves. It's something we talk a lot about on this podcast on the idea of not taking things personally because it's not personal. I'm constantly talking about the book, The Four Agreements, and I swear I'm not being paid to do it. I just think it's such a great book. It's so great. It really is. And it brings that home. And it was that book that kind of changed my life a little bit in that way. So, I'm really glad that you brought that up um, and that idea of it is a projection of yep. them because you have to think of it that way. Who's who's spending their time going online just to be mean to people? It says right. a lot. Right. So the grain of salt, I think, is very important. Yeah. So since you started HoodFit, it's evolved quite a bit. You have the digital studio. You have the app. Can you talk a little bit about that, kind of where what your vision was for it when you started and kind of how it's grown since then? Oh, wow. (laughs) There has been, and I don't even know if you know this story, but um, when I have first started, HoodFit's still a baby. We're about two and a half years old. Um, So I started first with personal training in LA with my client base that I had already, you know, accrued over the years. I was doing live classes, group fitness classes in Beverly Hills and in Hollywood. And when... Right before the pandemic hit, we were actually looking at studio space in Dallas. I was flying back and forth. I wasn't like saying anything out loud and like announcing it. You know, I knew that there was a lot of work that was going to go into that. So my husband and I spent lots, about half the year flying back and forth from LA to Dallas to go scout places. 
we came so, so close to closing on a place. It fell through. And to me, at the time, I had felt like hopeless. In, in my mind, I had this vision of, okay, we're gonna, I'm going to finally have my own studio. It was kind of like this dream that I had as like a younger girl when I was teaching dance at the age of 16 in my studio. I was like, I want to have one of these one day. Obviously, that evolved and turned into a fitness studio. And, you know, I, I, it was like I was seeing my dream like right there so close. Everything fell through the pandemic hit. And I was like, okay, that was a blessing. That was a complete blessing. I, we had no idea. And I thought it was like the worst thing that could have happened. And, you know, then it just went into this flip mode of, okay, well, how do we move forward from here? Nobody had any idea of how long this was going to happen and how long we were going to be in, you know, the pandemic and dealing with lockdowns for. And so, you know, luckily I, my husband, he's amazing when it comes to just working on the fly when there's a problem and he just jumps into action. He's like been an event producer and worked major music festivals. So like he's used to like, you know, there's, there's a problem and now we have to act quick to find a solution in real time. So that's when we started to work on getting the digital studio and app up and running. And we spent most of 2020 preparing everything for that launch because there's so much work that goes into the back end of that. And we were able to do a soft launch at the end of 2020. And now we have our digital fitness studio online and our app, which is available on iOS and Android. So it's really cool because, you know, in the, the, the picture that I had seen was that studio in Dallas. But the beauty of this has been that I've been able to connect with people from literally all over the world. Like seeing them on the Zooms and in the class from like the UK, from all over the US and different parts of Europe to Canada, like it's just been incredible. And to hear, you know, to see the Sweat Sisterhood growing and to hear these women's stories opening up to me that like I've never met before in person that are, are messaging me and telling me how their, their lives have been changed, whether it's just been you know, you helped keep me sane during 2020. You helped me work through this. I feel so much better in my body and my skin and my mind. Like, it's just such a beautiful thing. And for me, I feel like that was hard to grasp. I was so, I, I thrive for in-person. Like, I, I just live off of that energy person to person. And so it was just kind of hard for me at times to wrap my head around the digital space. But now that we're in it mm -hmm. and we just like worked our asses off to get there, like, you know, it just, I, mm -hmm. I think it's the coolest thing to be able to connect on a bigger scale. And how important is having that adaptability? Because I think the pandemic showed us all we had to adapt and change on the fly. And I think sometimes, especially for people just starting out in their careers, they're very laser focused. Like this mm -hmm. is what I want to do and this is what I'm doing. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about a bit of um, an adjustment because you, when the studio fell through in Dallas, it could have turned into, I don't want to do this anymore. It's too hard. All of that kind of stuff. So how were you able to reframe that? And is that something you've always been able to do? Oh, I definitely had. I mean, I sulked in that moment for a little bit. <laughs> Which is fair. And, and that's important too. And I think it's important to honor that and understand that it's okay to sulk and be upset. I, I think, you know, 
and and this is being so honest, like it it if if you think about, you know, I'm 34 going on 35 and I had at the age of 15, 16 envisioned the studio. Like ha- that was like my first time to have that kind of dream. So that was kind of a long time like leading up to it that it's been like in my mind and been there. So I feel like it had to take me some time to process when it was like right there at my fingertips and then fell through. Um, and, you know, when people when family and friends would be like, Oh, it's okay. There's something better. You know, there's, and they say the sayings, it didn't really feel like it was comforting. It still felt like, like I had to have a moment to like work through that. And I think it was probably like a week of just like feeling really, really sad about it. Um, and it was my husband that was like, okay, you've got to snap out of this. <laughs> we've got to, you know, we can still, we've got to look for more. It was, it went to let's look for more locations. Let's maybe find a different place. Da, 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 da. Pandemic happened. And it, it, I think that was a huge lesson for me because truly had we had gotten that space, which, which in my, in my timing would have been like the greatest thing ever. But then the pandemic would have hit and we would have just been either not even opening doors or just have had open doors. Um, you know, it, it, it wouldn't ideally have been the best thing. So I think being learning to be flexible to like have your, your mindset and your dreams there, but to know that pivoting and going in a different direction is okay too. Like, don't be so stubborn and caught up on the thing that you want to do and always know that bigger picture, there can, there's so many different ways to, that you can usually go. There's so many different roads that you can take to get somewhere. It doesn't always have to be like a one road thing. You, there's so many different roads that can get you. And it may be a roundabout thing to get you there. You may never end up at that place. Like, we might not ever have a physical studio space. Seeing how this app and this digital studio space is going that like I, had, I hadn't learned about before. I think that was too. I think when you're building something and maybe sometimes it can be almost like you're like, oh, I got to learn more new things. I got to add more things to my, you know. It, it, I, I had to learn. I'm, I am not a tech person. And all of a sudden, diving into the tech space, I was like, well, okay, it's a new thing every day. And you just have to be flexible. You have to be flexible and open-minded. Like Those are two very important things for any industry and any career, flexible and open-minded because life, I mean, not to be cliche, but life comes at you fast and things yeah. change fast. And what's the best thing one day is not, or what's the cool thing is not, and not that you can get, so, you don't want to get so caught up in that. You got to stay true to yourself and, and what you're doing, but there's every day a changing platform or addition. And mm-hmm. it is important to be flexible and, and be open to maybe making changes that are good for you, even if they weren't what you wanted in the beginning. And I Absolutely. think that's and a very important thing. Um, so let's talk a little pandemic. Obviously, it changed things for you drastically that, that you've talked about. How have you managed to stay kind of calm and sane most of the time? Because I don't think anyone has the 100% <laughs> of the time. Uh, and how do you help your clients to do the same? I was going to say, I don't think I've been calm. And if you ask my husband, he'd be like, you are a ball of stress and anxiety. 
And that, but I think, you know what? That's important to honor and talk about as well. How do you, so maybe there's a better way to put that. How do you not let that energy rule your every day? I'll put it that way. Well, I have to admit, you know, in the beginning that it, it was the pivot that I've talked about, you know, having to learn something completely new. I think um, a hard part for me too and this took me a while into it to see because I just went into laser focus like, okay, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to change. I've got to get everything online. I'm still going to be training my clients, doing my classes. I think amidst it all, like training my clients, doing my private sessions, you know, it's a vulnerable space when you're working out with people, right? When they're moving their bodies and especially when it's like one-on-one, having to mm-hmm. hear not only what was going on in the news and in the world, But talking with my clients and hearing like devastating news about loved ones that, you know, family that was passing or people that were in the hospital. I mean, I would literally be like tearing up as we're like starting our session and they're telling me what's going on, you know, because it's it's a check in every time. How are you doing? How are you feeling? And it would be like this offload of like sad and terrible news. And during this pandemic and it, it, I would be literally on the verge of tears because I'm, I'm a very, very in tune, emotional, like connected with, with people. And so when I hear and I feel and I see what they're feeling, like I take on those emotions. And so it would, I, I actually learned a lot about myself in mm-hmm. having to really listen and recognize what's going on with that person and with their bodies, which I already did, but this was on like a deeper level mm-hmm. of then what that session needs to be tailored to that person in what they needed. Um, it, it, was, it was a hard time. I, I definitely felt stressed, anxious, I think for me, um, I found a lot of joy when I was teaching my classes and dancing and mm-hmm. seeing all these little boxes on the on the Zoom and, and people showing up amidst what they were going through and still wanting mm-hmm. to move their bodies to feel good. There was like that community and that hope, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just had to kind of like energetically not always – I'd say take it home with me, but I was always home. <laughs> um, but, but but yeah, I get it. <laughs> I would have to figure out how to kind of, uh, I don't know if the word is right, compartmentalize almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like as far as my emotional being was going, I had to like give myself moments of like free time to like not think about what was actually happening because Mm -hmm. it was the constant talk about in work, right? Yeah. So uh, meditation, reading, maybe going outside on a walk, like just like finding like things to decompress. I That definitely had to be like in the mix because as you know, like being home too and like I, I felt like almost we were working more. I felt like I was yeah. doing even more because you didn't have to drive anywhere and you could just keep logging on. Mm-hmm. So it was it was kind of taking time to actually disconnect. Well, and that was important. And, and there became a time in the pandemic where I, for me, like where I would start to say, okay, 
I'm done working at this point. I mean, that that's not always going to happen. But, yes. and sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it was making a choice that was like, okay, well, if I do want to work out in the middle of the day, or I do want to do this in the middle of the day, then I am going to have to do work later. And that's okay. But yes. for the most part, making a decision that like, okay, it's 630. I'm done working now. That, that's yeah. it. I'm done for the day because it's very hard. Um, when you are working from home and, and for someone like me who yes, normally works from home, but also oftentimes is working from a stadium or on a shoot, yes. I would have plenty of time to be out of the office, out of my home office. And now I wasn't having that. So you could, I could really be working 24 hours a day if I wanted to. So you have to hit that point. And I think the time to disconnect that you just said was also really important because it was everywhere in the, especially in the beginning, there was nothing else to talk about. Nothing. Yeah. It's very, that was very difficult. You said something that I find um, really interesting for the pandemic and then also not for the pandemic, the idea that listening to your client and then having to tailor a workout. So when you, you could come in with it, this is what we're going to do. And then listening to your client. I don't know that everyone has that ability. Is it something you've always been able to do? You've said you're very intuitive emotionally, which I firsthand know is a hundred percent true. Um, <laughs> But how how difficult is that? And, and how do you do it in a way that doesn't make the client feel like, oh, we're slowing down because I'm down? To, you know what I mean? That still kind of builds them up and empowers them. I feel like I've always had that, that awareness mm -hmm. to, I think because it comes from learning from myself. I've always been very in tune with my own body. Um, and with emotions, I can't necessarily say I can like pinpoint why I'm having those emotions. I just feel all emotions. <laughs> and then it's, it's kind of like trying to like, like learn through myself, like to figure out what and why that's coming up for me. Um, mm -hmm. and I think with, with that ability to see that in other people, I can then relate or understand through whether it be my experience or a friend or family that's been like a loved one near me that's gone through something that might be relatable to my client that I can then kind of share almost in a way like, hey, I've been through this or hey, my loved one has been through something like this. And you know what? I like know that I'm sure you're feeling X, Y, Z. And that's really hard right now. So what we're going to do in order to make you feel better is actually do this today and just know it's going to be okay. Like, you know what I mean? Because I, I do think sometimes when people approach a workout, they have in their mind like, oh, if they just don't like, you know, just pound their bodies and just go so full out and extreme that it's like not a good workout. But what's crazy is that like sometimes your body is because of the stress of the world or the emotions or whatever it is that you're dealing with, when times are tough, your body's already so stressed out. Like, and you may not even realize it, your muscles, your bones, everything inside you, that sometimes taking it into just a more calming, relaxing, like stretch flow, low impact workout is going to actually energize you and make you feel better than doing like an intense, extreme hit, heavyweight, you know, thing. So, you know, there's, there's definitely a connect to it's, it's like, we're not machines, we're people like, mm -hmm. and every day is different. Every day feels different. You know, everyone has 
Sometimes you wake up feeling good. Sometimes you don't. And that's because we're human. And so I think like being able to listen to that, that's what I, you know, try to teach my clients is like, listen to how you're feeling and then choose your workout for that day. Maybe you just need to go on a walk. May, you know, like maybe that's all your body needs that day. You don't, you know, it doesn't always have to be full on extreme. So yeah, I feel like that just really helped relating it to, to people that, that either that I went through, that they went through. I mean, then again, we were navigating, this was all new to all of us. So like, I actually felt sometimes the same way that they felt like, I'm like, I feel you like my heart Mm -hmm. is heavy. Like this is hard times. Mhm. Mhm. I think that's really true and and the idea of of listening to your body is so important and it's something I think that comes up a lot in the fitness industry but it it's so true and so important because I think the other thing that can happen is if your body's like that and you push it that's where injuries happen that's where you kind of fall apart and nobody Absolutely. wants that. Absolutely. So in ter- kind of a little bit along the same lines as you are now creating content in your digital studio for your app. How do you keep the workouts fresh? Especially because there is a little bit, sometimes in a, even at a group class, if you can read the energy of a room, you could change it on a Zoom or when you're filming things, it's probably different. So how do you do that creatively, keep your content fresh? Well, I feel like for me, you know, again, with like being a dancer my entire life, like choreographing and coming up with like new steps and stuff has always been something that like is ingrained in me and something that feels fun for me. Um, I think for keeping it fresh now on our digital studio and app, I can't use regular music. So it is Mm -hmm. non-copyright music. So it's not like your normal radio top 40s songs that you're hearing Mm -hmm. in my zoom classes. I can use that kind of music. Okay. So I feel like for me getting like really creative is like I choreograph or listen to songs that I like actually love that are like on the radio and like playing now. Like, you know, I find music that I just love to move to because naturally my body will just kind of want to go and I feel inspired by the beat and by the song like music truly moves me. So I feel like keeping it fresh, I'll choreograph my stuff there. And then when I have to film and pump out, you know, more workouts and content, I just interchange the track mix. Um, but I already kept it like, you know, I, w- I was inspired and invigorated by my creation from A and then just put it to track B. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. It's, it's but so I think, I, I think too, like, with with seeing people on Zoom and like it's been a learning experience too because I've never taught like this digitally before, not to this extreme. I think it's interesting to see how people are learning. I started taking classes too. I would take other instructors, my friends. I would take their classes and I'd see and put myself in the position of what it was like to learn from a video. I mean, if you think about that, we really weren't doing that uh, to this extent, to this Lots level. Of this no. <laughs> like, so it, it was a different thing. So I had to kind of do my due diligence and research to also help enhance my creativity on the back end of how I was going to like deliver that. Cause like when we're in the studio shooting, it's just me, the camera and my husband. And right. so like to like get that energy to like, like as if you're teaching a room, a, a full classroom of 20 to 30 people, 
-hmm. but yet you're alone and just working out the entire time. That's different. (laughs) I I would imagine that's very different. And how do you ever have trouble getting yourself up for that? Oh my gosh, all the time. I'm being so honest. Good. I'm, (laughs) you know, so I, 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 and I will tell people like it is when they're like, you just have so much energy and you're just working out all the time. Oh my gosh, you must just love it. You're just, and I'm like, I do love it. That is why, you know, I started my company. You know, there's days where like we have to shoot kind of like, you know, three to four workouts. That could mean we're in here for a couple of hours. So mentally I have to really pep myself up (laughs) Mm -hmm. knowing what I'm in for to do that. I think when I, when I keep in the back of my mind, even though in real time, I'm just staring at my husband in the camera. Right. I'm, I'm constantly having to imagine the sweat sisterhood and like knowing and when I'm getting that feedback from them and DMs and comments and text messages or they're telling me like, hey, you really helped me. This is like really awesome that you're providing this. You know, I love this. That is what keeps me going on a bigger scale versus actual real time. That makes sense. That's always, I mean, I think it would have to. Yeah. Even as a as someone who's not teaching but taking classes, there are certain days where I'm like, I really don't want to be in a class. I don't want to be in a Zoom class. I don't yeah. feel like dealing with other people. Um, and then there are days where I'm like, I need that class energy. Yes. So I think I think that's really important. And I think it's helpful for people to know that you feel the same way. And that's totally fair. <laughs> it is hard. It's hard to get your energy up when there's just no one there. So I get that. I know. It's so different with doing these pre-recorded videos. Again, another huge learning experience of like mm-hmm. how to deliver and connect because in the time in your head, you're like, this is so silly. I'm just sitting here talking to myself. I know that someone else <laughs> is going to see this, but <laughs> as far as like the energy goes and conversation carries and things that I might say in a class to like ask the class how they're feeling, it's just me. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I totally get it. <laughs> totally, completely understand. Uh, but I think that's good and helpful for me, people to know. It's relatable. Yeah. 100%. Um, switching gears a little. When you were first starting out, or maybe it's even been, been more recently, um, I know we talked a little bit about people giving their opinions that mm-hmm. you don't want. Well, none of us want, really. But have you ever received a criticism from someone um, that you really looked up to or really admired that or anyone really that was difficult to take, but it helped you in the long run? Hmm. You know, I, um, this is bringing me back to a kind of a time in college. So I had to audition to get into the dance program. Um, and I, I got in and that is why I came from Texas to California West Coast. I was so excited. I didn't know a single person out here. Everything was brand new to me. Um, Within the first month of school, we had had one of my college professors, we all had to have office hours. So I went in and this college professor literally looked at me and said, you're never going to make it as a dancer and you should move back to Texas. And here I am, little, like, 18-year-old, just moved out all the way across the U.S., don't know anyone, and my professor, I, which, by the way, I had already auditioned and got into the program, first month in, was like, you're not going to amount to anything, you should just go back to Texas now. 
that like was, I think, a really hurtful moment for sure. I had to process that. I had to have a, a moment with that <laughs> because it, it really, um, being so young and nimble and like looking up to these professors who they all dance for big, major, major dance companies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just felt heartbroken. I was like, well, you know, and the thoughts went through my head. Maybe she's right. Maybe, you know, maybe I, I, I'm not good enough. And I could have really like sulked in that moment and like listened to them. But I feel like what I took from that professor was I'm going to show you otherwise. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is I, I was at that school for five years. Okay. Um, I had double majored during that time. So I was going to school constantly around the clock. I was doing every summer session, the max amount capacity because nothing crossed over from business to dance as far as classes went. So I put in so much work. I like hunkered down. That professor was like that to me the whole way through. And finally, when I came up to graduating day, Um, I was over in the dance department and that professor had said, oh, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, just stopping by to check in on the class. And, you know, they were like, oh, I thought you graduated already. And I was like, actually, I was just finishing up my other major for business marketing. The next comment out of that professor's mouth was, oh, I didn't think you had it in you. And I was just like, okay, like it became this thing where it just, it like fuel, I don't, but in a weird way, it was like this like negative criticism towards me. I don't know like where that was coming from, from this professor. And I don't know if it was a projection from them or if they thought that that was like a teaching thing on their themselves that they were trying to just show me like hard luck. I don't know. Um, and I, I never will, but I feel like that that just gave me this like push to want to be like, whatever it is that I want to set out to do, I can do and I will do. And no one is going to tell me otherwise. And that's an amazing thing to be able to do with that. that I mean, really is that's, that's incredible. And is that, I know you said you had to have a moment with it and process that. How did you do that and, and use it as fuel? I mean, I, I truly think that it was a quite a few years of work of getting through that because I think there's that voice that stays in your head. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, like, I've had some great teachers in my life, like some great, great dance teachers that have boosted my confidence and made me feel great. And then clearly in this example, this was a not, not great situation. And, you know, for whatever reason, obviously, I feel like it was meant to happen um, because it taught me to have that resilience that if even someone's telling you no, that deep down inside, you can take that and show them that you can, because that's one person's opinion. Like I was letting that kind of sit in my head for that, you know, my entire college time. It was Mm -hmm. there in my head. I had to see that teacher and work with that teacher over the years. And it was just Mm -hmm. constantly like I was not good enough. Like I didn't deserve to be there kind of thing. And I had to just in the back of my head be like, I rightfully earned my spot. There was no, no favors done. I auditioned. I got this. So there must be a reason why I'm here and I'm going to work so hard and prove that. That is awesome. 
That is, that is awesome, but it's amazing you were able to do that. But I think it's important for our listeners to hear that because we all have people that say things like that to us for whatever the reasons may mm-hmm. be. And you said something that's so important that is one person's opinion. That does not yes. make it a fact. It's one person's opinion. And I, I think that's the thing, like, especially when I'm, I'm training clients and working through things. And when, when we start to dive into like self doubt and, and what's going on in someone and I'm like, well, where do you get that from? And they're like, well, this person told me I'm like, and it's one person. This is, this is just mm-hmm. an opinion. You know, you don't yeah. want that opinion to run your entire life. And that's the important, such an important thing. You cannot let one person's opinion run your entire life. No. And it's a very, it's very difficult. It's hard. You could have you could have a hundred amazing opinions and then one negative one, and that's the one that you stick with. But it, it's important to kind of put that in perspective. Yeah. Um, kind of with that in mind, if you could give someone starting off in your industry one piece of advice, what would that be? don't throw in the towel. I like that. Don't throw in the towel that you are going to be tested and tried, especially in this industry for fitness. Oh my goodness. You want to talk about being physically and mentally pushed. I mean, when you're running a fitness company, it is like, you have to be you, I mean, you have to walk the walk, talk the talk, and you need to be right with yourself. You can only like, you know, put stuff out and like fake it for so long, but you have to be mentally and physically like so ready. And there's going to be things thrown your way all the time. Like we've kind of been talking about, I mean, you're going to get hit left and right with things that you couldn't even imagine. Don't throw in the towel. If this is something that you want, that you feel so called to do, that is your passion. Like that's, I feel like that burning passion inside for, for what I have with HoodFit and what we're building, that has felt like, I mean, everything I've worked up until this point has aligned with that. If you feel a calling, whether or not it's been like most of your life, if you like all of a sudden have this thing that you feel called to do, and this is the industry you want to be in, do not throw in the towel. Keep putting in the work. You're going to be tested all the time, physically and mentally all the time. So kind of with that in mind, because physically and mentally, I'm sure you are tested all the time. Could you take us through a day in the life of Erica Hood? Ooh, pre-pandemic or pandemic (laughs) now? No, I'm just kidding. I would say, why don't we say we could do either, but I think maybe pandemic. Okay. I think pandemic. Okay. So this is, um, Jordan and I, we wake up early. We we, were early risers. My, you know, I... Luckily, my, a lot of my clients who would train at like 5 and 6 a.m. during the pandemic chose not to. <laughs> Understand. Fair. Totally fair. So, so that, actually totally was, fair. that actually was nice because it felt like a sleep-in for me. Um, so I would, I would wake up at like 5 a.m. Um, I'd, you know, start with... Was that sleeping in? Yes. I need to interrupt you for one second. <laughs> 5 a.m. was sleeping in? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because like I really treated myself. I did not get up till five in the morning. <laughs> I have to think about, you know, pre-pandemic, I would wake up sometimes yep. at four to like, you'd have to get ready, get on the road, drive, you know, to your spots to train your uh-huh. clients starting at five or six. Right. So sleeping until five, you know, <laughs> um, Amazing. I would then kind of, what was nice about that is that I I got to take time to kind of like do my morning thing. So I would just actually 
hopefully have time to like eat my breakfast, stretch a little bit, get my mind right for the day. And then it would just be logging on to Zooms. I usually start with my private clients in the morning. Sometimes I also have a morning class in there. So I'm just clicking over from Zoom to Zoom. And then I have my lunch break that I try to schedule. And again, we've talked about before how it's like, oh, I forgot to eat lunch. (laughs) You know, you just you just start going with your appointment. So um, I'd make sure to have lunch and then that would either be filming more content or having to put stuff out on socials and then just make sure that all of our communications and everything on the back end is done. Like right now, you know, and still it's just me and Mr. Hood. We do have a couple of interns, but like it's just us doing everything. So it's mm-hmm. answering all the emails. It's making sure that all the sites are up and running. Um, it's, it's everything on the back end. And then it's just, you know, investing in some business coaching and, and learning. We're always learning. So Jordan and I are spending also hours in the evening to, to learn to enhance our business because you don't know what you don't know. And there's lots to learn out there. I like you don't know what you don't know. And it's so true. You really don't. <laughs> I mean, think about the amount of times a day you say, I, had, I didn't know that. Like, I say that <laughs> Okay. I have to, this is funny because there's so many times during this where I would be like, Jordan, how do you do this? And he'd go, babe, just YouTube it. I'm like, I don't want to YouTube it. There's, that was always his answer for like learning stuff. And we were, and he was learning everything too like that. And YouTube is incredible for doing that. But it got to the point where I was like, I don't have time to watch like a video on how to do this step. Like (laughs) Mm -hmm. that, but yeah. But so then what would you do? Is that the business coaching comes in? Well, I, yes, the business coaching is like, has been amazing. I mean, it's all this stuff where I'm like, wow, we should have started this business coaching a little bit sooner had we known, you know, because <laughs> it is, you're building that foundation. They're literally, the one that we're going through is like teaching us everything we could possibly know about the foundation of building like a fitness company. So, okay. and, 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 you know, I think it's, it's humbling too, because there's things that I do know and that I feel that I really excel in, but like, also like, there's just so much information out there and like, if you want to be a successful business and like if you want your business to thrive, I think it's important that you do invest in yourself and learning, even if it's not for necessarily you. Like if we had a bigger team, I would probably have, uh, you know, more of my team also making sure that there's 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 learning along the way, that they're doing courses along the way, because there's always space to improve and do something better. That is that is very true. That is very true. Erica, this has been awesome. I have had so much fun with this. And it was so exciting for me because as I mentioned at the beginning, I've known you a long time. We've trained together. It's like, it's the most fun you have. You really do have an incredible energy. And even in your, you know, when it's just you and Jordan and it's harder to to build it up, you would you would definitely not know that. Um, so you've really, it, it's incredible. So this was a lot of fun. And it's also so nice for me to hear like, the mindset and the branding and how you got to everything. And it's just, it's been incredible. I know our listeners feel that way as well, but I obviously cannot let you go yet because first (laughs) we have to do five fun facts with Erica Hood. All right, Erica, what's your favorite moment in sports? Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, I would have to say, I mean, I love football. Like, I'm a Texas girl, so, like, football is, like, my thing. But um, 
I would have to say favorite moment in sports would be Simone Biles. Awesome. Olympics. What year was that? 2019? Where she had that amazing floor routine and brought out her brand new skill, which I don't even know what the skill was called, but it was like brand new. I can see it. It's funny because I can totally see her doing it in my head. And, and yes. I think it's mind blowing that like she took something so like this, the sport that's been around forever and yet she came up with a brand new skill within the sport. No, it, it, it was amazing. She, yeah. And she's, she's amazing. Yeah. What is your life motto? Five, six, seven, eight, just do it. Oh, I love that. I have to write that down, guys. Sorry for the delay, but that's so good. Five, six, seven, eight, just do it. Amazing. Well, I kind of know the answer. This is a funny one to ask you, but everyone gets the same five questions. What's your go-to workout? Oh, hood fit. Obviously. <laughs> it would have been amazing if you were like, um, I really love Peloton. <laughs> and I I really do love Peloton, but the idea of you being like, oh, my go-to? <laughs> I would say, say HoodFit. And I will say, full disclosure, HoodFit is one of my go-tos as well. Um, I love Aww. the digital studio. So subscribe. You Thank guys. you. It's amazing. What is your go-to coffee order? I know you're sleeping until 5 a.m. now, but what is your go-to coffee order? <laughs> I love just an iced, non-fat vanilla latte. Well, that sounds delicious. Very good. And a book every woman should read. Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forleo. Okay. I like that. Everything is Figure Outable. And reality is, everything is. Um, Erica, thank you so much for joining me today. This was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. This was such a treat. I loved catching up with you and getting to talk with you. It was so great. Uh, if you guys like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. And Erica, tell everybody where to follow you. We'll tag you, but still tell us where to follow you. Yes, you can follow me on IG at Erica Hoodfit and then also at Hoodfit. Fantastic. All right, guys, we will talk to you next week. Bye, all Sports opinions with a side of satire. We're the First and Tens, a weekly show delivering the spiciest opinions on football, life, and especially each other. And we can do that because we've been best friends for so long. I'm Amy. And I'm Jasmine. First and Tens will bring you sports from the female perspective while also injecting pop culture, fashion, and music into our daring dialogue. We're saucy, edgy, and most of all, we, we think, think we're, we're funny, funny AF. First and Tens, light on stats, heavy on sass. Follow us at firstintenspodcast.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.